Hello and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I am David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. Yes. Big Night, Hollywood Dreams, Tinseltown, all those other kind of things, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's Oscar night. or it Limousines. Was. Limousines. Up and down Highland Boulevard today. Swimming and, uh, pools and movie stars. <laughs> yeah. No, I did. Uh, I did encounter a lot of limousines. Yeah, because I, I had to, I, I recorded an episode of my other podcast previously on today. Yeah, in which I had to drive clear across Hollywood to get to to get to Sean's house. Yeah, uh, lots of limousines. Yeah. In, in in Hollywood tonight. As I've said before uh, on the show, um, you tend to uh, forget, you know, because because we still watch it uh, on television like everybody else, and uh, you know, years ago. Uh, I would be like, all right, the Oscars are over. I'm going to head on down to David's, and we'll talk about this. And I'm like, there's a lot of traffic. Why is that? Yeah. Oh, right, because uh, half a mile away, uh, what we just saw is happening. Yeah. And so... Um, yeah, luckily, I, was, I mean, it was in Hollywood in the afternoon, but I watched the Oscars in North Hollywood, mm-hmm. uh, well over the hill, over the Absolutely. hill from the madness uh, at, at, at my girlfriend's house, mm-hmm. whom you have outed as being named Natalie. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's Okay. Um, and uh, it was a lot of fun, and I found myself wondering tonight: How did we ever watch the Oscars without Twitter? <laughs> it's so much fun. It is a lot. It of fun. adds a lot of fun to it. Yes, we both tweeted uh, this yeah. evening. Now, were you on your phone, or were you? No, just I uh, I brought the uh, the, the laptop, laptop over to my okay. friend's house, and yeah, uh, I brought my laptop, and it was uh, it was a delight. It sure was. At the end of the day, not the most exciting Oscar telecast in history. So I'm really glad I had Twitter. It yeah. made it a lot of fun. Yeah. And I, what's interesting is that, you know, uh, my Twitter is the official uh, Twitter for uh, my other podcast. And so, as such, I try I try not to be, over, like, overtly negative about things uh-huh. or, like, really sarcastic and really insulting. Uh, there's something about tweeting the Oscars that just brings it out. <laughs> and you have to be like, oh, geez, uh, a little self-censorship here might uh, be the order of the day. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, so... We uh, we were very I think we were both very catty, David. Yeah, very catty. <laughs> yeah, we did a good job. But uh, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. I yeah, you it. put me on the spot early on when you said for in depth fashion reporting, follow at the pretension. Somehow I just assumed <laughs> that that's what you would be tweeting about. I don't know why I assume. Uh, you know, I do know why I assume that because you always have an opinion on these kinds of things. Yeah, and I, I I I expressed it somewhat. Okay, but I stuck to movies mostly. Absolutely. Well, that's great. Um, but, uh, speaking of people discussing things online, we've got a, a new development. The, the forum. Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So, uh, uh, by request, uh, several requests, in fact, uh, we now have a new forum. Now, unfortunately, this forum is not on the website. Uh, the one that this, that is on there right now is the one that the uh, that our server provides, and it has it is it has worked okay for us. Uh, but it it only works if you don't have a lot of people contributing, which we did have a lot of people contributing, and uh, and the the way it works is it just it wouldn't bring like the latest most con- recent the most yeah. recent post to the top. Um, you didn't necessarily have to register, and so like there's uh, it, I don't think it happened, but. Just in general, like it always bothered me that there's like a high potential for fraud. Like someone could just say Tyler, they could say <laughs> my name is Tyler, and then they just write this, and all of a sudden yeah. it's like, ah, oh, that's not me. And so, um, so we have a new a new forum that is uh, apart from the website. 
we will uh, by the time you hear this, I think I'll I'll put up a, a you know a, a link to it from the site itself, and uh, we will slowly but surely uh, be. Uh, phasing the one we have right now, phasing that one out, and phasing the nut, the nut, the uh, the new one in. Yeah. So, uh, but as of right now, and if you I'll, want, what I'll, I'll probably participate in it for once. Right, because that's <laughs> the thing is the uh, the 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 forum had kind of it, it kind of dried up, and rightfully so, because there were so many topics, and you have to, and basically you have to go just scan through it and just see. Okay, well, oh, this one. There's a recent reply to that, and you've you know you got to read through like 37 to get to that one new one and so Mm -hmm. um so yeah i didn't really like that um and nor nor did a lot of people and so it just kind of dried up and i wanted to try and re-energize it and so yeah uh if you go to battleship pretension dot proboards dot com that's p-r-o-b-o-a-r-d-s and you can also get there through our website right right so um so yeah that's that's the deal uh go and uh Set up an account. It doesn't cost anything. They will require your website, but uh, your website. I'm sorry. They'll require your email. You address. have to have a website. You have to have a website. Is that a problem? <laughs> All right. Because as we've shown, uh, I just assume everyone has a website now. Because uh, we can have a website. We have anybody. one. I have another, and you're setting one up. Yeah. I so mean, yeah, it, it's pretty easy to get a website. Yeah. We have three between the two of us. So I think, uh, yeah. but yeah. nobody needs to have a website. That was a no. joke, right? I, right. I, I learned on Twitter tonight that people don't always know when I'm sarcastic. Yes. So, <laughs> why do you bash your Twitter Twitter followers? Uh, they're sheep. Uh, I'd say that's about right. <laughs> they are so many sheep. <laughs> Six hundred and thirty some odd sheep, and you're the shepherd. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, just luring them right off a cliff. Yeah. So uh, that's what shepherds do, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> When they're just tired of all the bullshit, I think. <laughs> I guess that uh, I was about to make a bad pun. About, Sheep shit. Yeah, yeah. Which sounds like a like a knot that you learn in the navy. <laughs> <laughs> I need you to tie me a sheep shit. All right, uh, we're we're feeling kind of silly, I think, David. But uh, but it's this kind of silliness that you can take part in on the forums. Yeah, uh, you will need an, uh, an email address, and they'll uh, you know. You, so you do need to register to take part in it. You don't have to register to read what other people have said. Uh-huh. But invariably, what they've said will probably infuriate you, and you'll want to be part of the conversation. That's the whole point of internet message boards. It certainly seems to be. Yes. So uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, I, I'm excited, and I really do uh, uh, hope that you guys. Go over there and, and uh, take part in the conversation and start up some new ones because uh, uh, I really like interacting with our listeners, David. Do you? So, and I like when they interact with each other. Yeah, that's so. that's fun. Now, you had something you wanted to, to bring Could up. Could you be more dismissive just now, by the uh, way? Of our listeners? Just in general. Just uh, everything I was saying. Just <laughs> Yeah, that's fun. Uh, anyway, moving on. We all got, we all got places to be, except <laughs> Tyler, incidentally. I, so, I do have to drive home tonight. That's fine. That's fine. But I could use this podcast to sober up a little bit. I think, uh, yeah. Had a I'll, lot had a lot of Cabernet Sauvignon tonight. Nice. That sounds classy, is it? Yeah. Well, it depends. I mean, if you're paying no more than $3 a bottle like I was, it's not that classy. Oh. Well, <laughs> all right. It sounds classy, and that's all that matters. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I did want to talk uh, very briefly about something that, uh, that David and I discussed uh, uh, last week. Um, and it's just based on uh, a few uh, responses that I've that I've received. Um, uh-huh. I was talking about, um, you know, uh, critical response to like short films, um, or oh. more specifically, like 
internet critical response to uh-huh. short films and, and the idea of like just being really mean to someone who is for all intents and purposes like the lowest rung on the ladder you know uh-huh. you mean um, you and me oh well no i guess um <laughs> i guess you know what uh i did just the case that I used was Greg Helvey's Oscar-nominated film, so maybe several rungs <laughs> up, but still not the not the highest one, and so um, and that it just bothered me the idea of just being mean uh, to someone who really is not making a huge difference in anybody's life, and they're not making pure crap for cynical reasons. Anyway, so so that's what I talked about, and and just and I think I probably uh, overstated. Um, kind of my my point because one thing that I want to mention is that uh, ever since I kind of made that switch over and uh, decided that I wanted to pursue uh, film criticism um, it has actually led to me really trying to think very broadly but also thinking broadly in order to specify what a critic is because I no longer think that it's merely somebody who watches movies and says whether they like it or not and especially if you're a critic in Los Angeles, you're going to meet artists, and I think part uh-huh. of it is encouraging them when they are discouraged themselves. Now and you stuff watched like that. the Oscars with some sort of a movie star tonight. Uh, I wouldn't go so I wouldn't go that far, but uh, but yes, there was a, a, a very memorable commercial uh, during Which, the Oscars. Dur- I missed the commercial because okay. I was urinating. Right, indeed. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. I found Look, the, I tried to find the least gross yeah. way to say it, and I think it was even more gross. You could say I was in the restroom. That's that one. That's right. That one would have worked. Yeah, you could have been blowing your nose as far as anybody uh, cares to You're know right. about. But um, I no, I blow my nose out in the open for all the world to see. Yes, I know. <laughs> but uh, and your hor- your horrific uh, sneezes. Uh, you don't. You don't hide that under a bushel <laughs> so um so yes uh, so there's a there's a commercial uh, car commercial in which uh this uh girl uh is in like a slingshot basically uh-huh. uh and w- but she doesn't get launched across uh the uh, a lake or something she's strapped in and uh and so she just goes bouncing back and forth and so the, that girl was uh at my party and so everyone's like hey oh that's her that's you that's you she goes does oh, she I'm actually get to do that yeah i bet that was a lot of fun Fun and also quite horrifying, but uh, but yeah. So I don't know. I, you know I go to Six Flags Magic Mountain a lot. Yeah, and they have a thing there that you have to pay extra for. It's not a, a ride. Oh my! You have to pay extra for it. But yeah. they they strap you into a thing mm-hmm. and they ratchet you up many stories, and then they just they just let you go, and you're yeah. just free flying through the air back and forth uh, over the heads of jealous onlookers. <laughs> and uh, someday. When I get fifteen dollars saved up, I'm going to do it. <laughs> well, if you, that's about five bottles of wine. It sounds like. <laughs> uh, um, but anyway, so the reason that I that I mention is just uh, uh, so ever since uh, you know making that switch over to want to pursue film criticism, um, I have been trying to figure out what that what that really means, and specifically what that means for me. And so, um, and I think I probably wound up making some some kind of broad statements that I believe are right for me but probably aren't necessarily right for everybody now don't get me wrong uh i i everyone is fr- anybody is free to be an internet dick if you want to be all right uh, yeah, this is america it sure is and uh and i don't i, I don't mean, condone for that the time being with <sighs> this fucking socialist in the white house <laughs> david yes can't you learn anything from monique and not make it political <laughs> um 
We'll talk about that in a minute, everybody. But uh, but yeah. So uh, so if I wound up like upsetting anybody or offending anybody by by this sort of thing by making kind of that broad statement about like what a critic should or shouldn't do, um, I'm sorry. What I, I, t- I David, I'm going to take a, a a page from my other podcast and I will uh, I will paraphrase the Bible because I don't I'm not good at memorizing verses. <laughs> but it's just the idea of like uh, like everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. And so it's like, yeah, you're well, you're welcome to do whatever you want, but uh, come on now. Yeah, like you don't have to I be. If you don't and like I'd, a short film, go right ahead and not, and not like yeah. it. But why be a dick about it? I didn't fully agree with you last week. I right. had some reservations about what you were saying. But right. Uh, yeah, it doesn't help to be a dick for the sake of being a dick. Right. Uh, it's okay to dislike something. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I'm not saying I, like I, I I feel like you should try and give everyone the benefit of the doubt. But if a, if a short film is bad, there's nothing wrong with saying it's bad. Um. So yeah, just uh, you don't have to go. Uh, overboard, uh, you know. Anyway, so uh, so that was just something that I wanted to address. All right, well, um, uh, you know, I'm still super excited for my night of watching the Oscars and right. eating my girlfriend's three bean chili and drinking lots and lots of Cabernet Sauvignon. Absolutely. So let's get into it, shall we? Indeed, yes. Uh, so are you? St- would you say you're tipsy right now? A little bit. Okay. Yeah. Not like driving, you know, dangerous driving. Tipsy. No, I, I, I drove here from my girlfriend's house. Okay. Which does not mean, I mean, that doesn't mean I'm not trashed. <laughs> I guess, like, technically I could be trashed and drive here, but I'm not. I wouldn't. I'm okay. Okay. Yeah. I can I can hold my liquor. I Absolutely. Mean, I was drinking wine, but I can hold my wine as well. Oh, okay. Good, good. Not to the same extent, actually. Really? Yeah, wine tends to affect me more strongly than other... I think because I don't drink a lot of it. Now, David, I am not a drinker, so I don't no. really know how it works. But based on what I've heard, like liquor is usually more difficult. But but have you just? I just think just gotten... I'm more used to it. Right. I don't drink wine so, that often. Yeah. And because it kind of tastes sweet, I tend to drink uh, a lot of it. Okay. <laughs> um, but no, I'm 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 fine. But yeah, I am. I'm, I got a, I got a buzz on. Okay. All right. Well, that should uh, translate well. Um, <laughs> well, all right. Well, let's uh, let's start at the beginning. Okay. Uh. Even though I was uh, excited uh, to some extent about Steve Steve Martin and Alec Baldwin being the hosts, mm-hmm. when Neil Patrick Harris walked out of the beginning, I had I had just had a vision of what could have been. Yeah, because I watched the Emmys this year. Yeah, you know, did you watch them? I don't no, know I didn't. Did. I have no interest in the Emmys. I don't have a television podcast. <laughs> I do. It's uh, previously on. You can find it on iTunes. Absolutely. Or previously on dot libsyn dot com. L i b s y n. That's right. Liberated uh, syndication. Yes. Is that um, how? Is that what it actually yeah, is? It is. Oh, Liberated okay. syndication. Um, the liberal syndicate. That's what I call it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, it was it was sort of bittersweet. I was like, ah, oh, NPH, mm-hmm. but. Just for this one number, he's not going to be here the whole time, yeah. and it was it was kind of sad. But the number was fun. Yeah, uh, I mean, it wasn't outstanding. It yeah. was better, to, in my opinion, than Hugh Jackman's opening number last year, which I hated. It's, uh, I don't know if I'd say I hated it, but just, I hated it. I except, except for the one joke, which was I'm Wolverine. No, the one oh, joke okay. was uh, the reader. I haven't seen the reader. Do you know <laughs> that? I do. That was that's quality comedy. <laughs> yeah, that was the only joke I liked. Yeah. But this, I mean, this was pretty pretty funny all around and and fun. And he's a a great performer and with a really good sense of humor. Uh, I I would agree with that, except that just this again, this just comes down to to personal preference. Uh, I don't like I don't like song and dance. I I don't care for musicals, and I don't. But like you're pretty much always going to get one of those. 
at yeah. the Oscars. Except you're not gonna you're not gonna get performances for best original song. Apparently, that's yeah, that, out. That bums me out. That bums me out a lot. I mean, not that I wanted to see all of those, right? But I wanted to see the Crazy Heart one. Absolutely, and that's about it. Well, I, I'm, I would have been fine with seeing the other ones simply because, like, they're fun, but in a... This is going to sound mean, and I'm sure I'm probably going to offend somebody here. They're fun without being show tunes fun. I'm putting quotes around that. Uh-huh. I don't like show tunes. I don't like Broadway sensibilities. And the songs, granted, you know, you, you get them for, like, animated films, which are kind of, uh, kind of a Broadway sensibility. But, like, the songs are written to be associated with film, and... Thus, will have a different feel to them than like just a oh hey it's a big showstopper everybody you know like <laughs> that's that's not for me and yeah. Uh, and yeah I would love to watch uh, I would have loved the the performance of of that song and really I, I would have been okay with any of the others you know mm-hmm. it's just like of all the things that you could cut out I don't think that was one that people were clamoring to cut out but what else could you cut out five best picture nominees <laughs> yeah. But they kind of skirted that by having Tom Hanks come out and say, Hi, I'm Tom Hanks, the winner is the Hurt Locker. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was barely done tweeting my last tweet, and right. all of a sudden, oh, whoa. It was, almost, it was almost as if he said, Hello, the winner is the Hurt Locker. I'm Tom H- I've been <laughs> <Yeah>. Tom Hanks. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I guess they really... Because everyone, everyone's like, did Tom Hanks get like really confused? And I was like, well, I guess not. Because uh-huh. been, they've been presented... But, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was very strange. Yeah, it, it, it was crazy. So, crazy heart. Back to song. No, it was the Hurt Locker. Hmm? The Hurt Locker won. Hmm. Not not crazy heart. You just said it was crazy. It, it was crazy. Okay. It was the crazy locker. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and hurt, Anthony and Mackie sure heart. was happy. He sure was. And good for him. Yeah. I'm happy for him. Yeah. And I'm so, I know we're going all out of order here. Yeah, yeah. But I'm so happy Catherine Bigelow won. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of times when things win on the Oscars, and I'm like, "Oh, good, that's what I wanted to win." But I was literally happy for her. Yeah, that she won. Now you because are a Catherine Bigelow fan. What are some of the films? I, that I'm she's a Catherine directed? Bigelow fan, but before the Hurt Locker, I was uh, what's known as a Catherine Bigelow defender okay, because yeah. a lot of people are down on her because she directed movies that they think are dumb, yeah. like Point Break or yeah. K-19, The Widowmaker, yeah. both of which are awesome movies. I enjoy, uh, I'm not a big Point Break fan, uh-huh. but uh, I do enjoy K-19, The Widowmaker. And yeah. what is what are some of the other things that she's directed? Strange she, Days. Strange Days, which I enjoy. Uh, Near Dark. Near Dark, which I've never seen, unfortunately. Um, Blue Steel. Blue Steel, which you love. You're I, a big I fan of I do love that. that movie. Okay. Um, yeah, it, uh, I... I, I like her movies a yeah. lot, and I've always liked her movies. Yeah. And I, it doesn't surprise me you don't like Point Break, because you also didn't like Avatar. Right. And even though they're different directors, they're very similar, because I like them so much from a filmmaking and sort of visual storytelling mm-hmm. uh, standpoint and just sort of a just a love of cinema that I can overlook how just god-awful the dialogue is in both of those movies. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this. I don't want, I'm sorry if I spoil something, but uh, is Avatar in your top ten? Yes. Okay, we'll talk about it next week. Yeah, but it's not my favorite movie of the year. Right, right. But, uh, yeah, I just wanted to know if we should talk about it now or talk about it or if we would have the chance to talk about it next week. Yeah, we'll talk about it next week because it is in my top ten movies of the year. Okay. it's, it's It's not at the top of the list. Okay. But that actually does... Yeah, we're going all out of order. That's fine. There's just going to be kind of a freewheeling discussion. But, uh, uh, just in general, what is, uh, what's your take on the... It's one thing to give 
Hurt Locker, picture, director, probably editing, screenplay, and then give Avatar like all these other technical awards. Uh-huh. So that's one thing. It's quite another to give Avatar three. Did it get three awards? Granted, you know, it was like visual effects, cinematography, and art direction. Uh-huh. I think that was it. Let me take a look at that. That's my... all I remember, because it didn't get either of the sound ones, did no, it? No, it didn't. Because Hurt Locker and... What else what, what got, what got the, the other sound one? Hurt Locker. It was, they were both Hurt yeah, Locker? remember that uh, horrifying man oh, came yeah, out that's for, right. for both. <laughs> he was... Uh, I mean, God bless him. He's very, obviously very talented, but right, he, right. Yeah, I wouldn't want to meet him in a dark alley. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, art direction, cinematography, and visual effects. That's, that's it. I mean... Yeah, it is... I mean, I don't think Hurt Locker is the movie for this to happen, but I would like to see a motion capture performance someday get nominated. Right, right. Uh, but again, I, no matter how good you were in Avatar, you were still saying those words, so you're not going to get right. nominated. Right, <laughs> The Avatar was certainly not the Titanic of this year, even even before like uh, it, it didn't win these things. Just... It, Nobody was comparing it to that because that one, neither one was up for screenplay, but Titanic was up for some acting Oscars. And it really, like it really, it's, people spoke about it in a different way than they spoke about Avatar. Like people talked about the, with Avatar, almost purely the visuals, whereas people talked about the romance of Titanic and, and all that. And so I think, I think Avatar really, in general, and I think I don't know. Maybe we can talk about this uh, next week. But yeah, I will because say, I liked it for more than just the visuals. Okay, uh, but I think I think as far as far as Oscars go, I feel like Avatar might be a beneficiary of when it came out. If it had come out in May or June, I've the technical. It still would have gotten the technical nominations. But I find myself wondering if it would have. First off, I wonder if it would have gotten would have made the same money. Because I hate to say it, but you put that movie up against a Harry Potter film, and you know they wouldn't have come out the same week. But let's say Avatar came out first, and then Harry Potter comes out the next week. Then it's yeah. then it's an actual fight, you know. But it came out at the end of December when there really—I mean, there was a Denzel Washington film, but like there really wasn't that much of a, a yeah. you know. And so I think the con- when it came out was key to like it getting nominated as much uh even though people clearly had no interest in giving it anything huge all the cinematography is huge let's talk about let's see into cinematography cinematography okay. for a second and this is uh something that hollywood and uh and, and uh, myself as well we're gonna have to sort of rethink how we think about cinematography yeah because i guess i guess hollywood's ahead of i ahead of me because i'd never i never really thought of the cinematography in avatar because so much of it is CG. Yeah. Um, but I I understand intellectually that uh, decisions about the way things look and the way things are, are lit, even though they're like often not technically lit with lights, but right. the, the lighting still enters in when you're creating a CG world. Yeah. Uh, it, that's all a part of cinematography, but I'm, I'm going to have to... Uh, uh, I'm just gonna have to get used to that because I yeah. I never would have voted for Avatar for cinematography because I just didn't think of it, and because Bruno Dublinel is one of my favorite cinematographers of all time, mm. and he shot the Harry Potter movie this year. Yeah, you know, he also did uh, Amelie and The Cat's Meow. Okay, um, 
And so I, that's part of the reason that I was bummed because I wanted him to win so bad. Well, just there was a lot of great cinematography this year. I mean, like all of the nominees. What are, are what are all the nominees? Read them off. Okay, Harry Potter, uh-huh. Hurt Locker, Inglorious Bastards, and The White Ribbon. Like uh-huh. all of those are just gorgeous films yeah. to look at. And I didn't see uh, The White Ribbon. And sadly, it's it's, it's good stuff. Uh, don't get me wrong; if you see it, you'll be sad. Um, yeah. But the I should have seen it. You know, I should have seen. I went to a theater last night that was playing the White Ribbon, but I was there to see Shutter Island. Okay, I should have seen the White Ribbon. Yeah, I think so. I think you would actually really love. I mean, you like Michael Haneke. I think you uh, would really like uh, Mikhail Haneke, as we Mikhail tonight. That's how they said it. Like Joel Mikhail. Uh, I don't know. I've <laughs> no. I don't think like Mikhail's maybe. Okay. <laughs> I think like Mikhail the. Guy with the eye patch from Lost. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I've always said Michael, and then they said Mikhail tonight, and I was like, oh, I yeah. guess that makes sense. <laughs> oh, man, I just get tired of this kind of thing. You know, <laughs> can't I just say things the way I say them? Um, but uh, yeah, and uh, it is interesting because uh, at, at the you know Oscar party that where I was this evening, you know, there was a discussion about at what point. Because visual effects and cinematography in that film and in a lot of films go together so I mean they just uh-huh. they work together so closely. At what point does the cinematography become visual effects? Yeah, I, I re- and I don't know. I don't I know mean, either. It's, but I guess you know just in general. I I guess because, I mean I guess cinematographers are able to figure it out because they. You know, they yeah. gave it to Avatar. So, and Avatar was a good-looking movie. I don't. Oh yeah, yeah, it was a very good-looking movie. But uh, uh, I'm just such a Bruno Dubonnel fan. Yeah. If you if you understand, because I I took a lot of cinematography classes in in film school. Yeah. If you understand what goes into cinematography, and then you watch the cat's meow. Because mm-hmm. if you don't know anything about cinematography, you don't want, and you watch the cat's meow, you won't you won't think anything of it. Yeah. It won't occur to you at all. Yeah. But if you know what goes into it and you watch that movie, it, it will astound you what mm-hmm. he did. Yeah, it's uh, – yeah, when it comes to cinematography, I mean, really all I have – because I didn't take the classes that you did. Um, really all I have to go on is just how impactful it was. Uh-huh. And, you know, and, and it's it's an interesting category because, I mean – We've never really talked about cinematography on the show. We talked about, we talked about John, John Alonzo, Alonzo, yeah. But that was a long time ago. That was at episode 25, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. So, uh, which is no longer available, everybody. Sorry. <laughs> um, but It was uh, one of our first uh, profiles. It was our third. It was our third, yeah. Yeah. We did David Lean, George C. Scott, and then John Alonzo. Yeah. But, I'm glad uh, that David Lean episode is down. Now, I, really? I, I embarrassed myself. Did you? I, I wasn't happy with my performance on that episode. That was episode 15. Can't find it. Right, yeah. Don't, don't Sucks look. Sucks for you. Yeah, don't look because you won't find it. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's. I mean, when it comes, I do find myself often looking at the uh, the the nominees for best cinematography and just thinking like, not to, not to get down on these films or anything like that, but I do find that it's often much like editing, but not not always. But it's often like the most showy cinematography. That yeah. says, "Look how gorgeous this is." It always seems like that's what gets nominated. Yeah. What one makeup tonight? Uh, Star Trek. Yeah, because that's always been my problem with Star Trek Two, or not with Star Trek. Sorry, yeah. Star but, Trek Two: The Wrath uh, of Khan. I'm a little tipsy. Okay, yeah. Uh, that's my problem with makeup as well. Is that it's just the mo- it's often just the most showy makeup that gets yeah. that gets the award. You yeah. know, I mean, uh, I didn't see 
What, what else was nominated? The Young Victoria? For makeup? Yeah. No, it was... Uh, there were only three. Oh, no, yeah. Young Victoria, Star Trek, and Il Devo. Yeah, and I that's I saw Il Devo, and it's, it's great. I mean, the yeah. guy looks... Uh, completely different than the actor looks. Yeah, and it doesn't look like makeup at all. And I think that yeah. that takes that takes a lot of skill. Yeah, it seems to be more more quantity, not to imply that Star Trek lacks quality. No, yeah, or not anything at all. like that. But that uh, but I remember years ago. Um, uh, I think for for two thousand, um, there were or was it? No, nah, I don't remember. Sorry. Anyway. Um, how the Grinch Stole Christmas was nominated alongside uh, Shadow of the Vampire. Uh-huh. Now, Shadow of the Vampire still has kind of showy makeup, but it's much more subtle because it needs to take place in this world still. Or close to this world. Close to this world. Yeah. Whereas, you know, I mean, you could just go hog wild with uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Uh-huh. And and the makeup, of course, is, is very thorough and it's very good, but at the same time, it's just like, I don't know, what, it depends on what you, what you value more, you know. Um... I don't know, but uh, not to say that one is better than the other. So, um, so I do want to. Uh, were there any big uh, surprises for you uh, this this year? You know, what? I did less research this year than in past years. I okay. didn't really care what the favorites were because I knew in the quote unquote major carrot categories that it was uh, kind of a foregone conclusion. Yeah, that Monique and Jeff Bridges and Sandra Bullock yeah. and Christoph Waltz yeah. were going to win. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess I, yeah, I didn't really do a lot of research. I know that, um, Hurt Locker was, and not exactly a, a dark horse, but yeah. there was a, a chance that Avatar would win. Yeah. Because it I won think, the Golden Globe. Yeah. And, 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 but, but I think, uh, Hurt Locker won the Producers Guild. Right. And the Directors Guild. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, everyone would agree that it was between those two. Yeah. And then if you wanted to, add, like, a distant third was like Inglorious Bastards, based on what some people said. But I'm not sure if which, I would by the even way, of the ten films, Inglorious Bastards would have been my pick. As much as I love the Hurt Locker, Inglorious Bastards was my pick of those ten. Uh, as far as like what you think is the best? Yeah, it's my favorite of the ten movies. Oh, okay. Well, my favorite of the ten movies is up, but I'm not sure if I would say that was the best. Uh, you know, it sounds weird. I think the what I would consider the best of the ten is uh, up in the air. Really? Yeah, it's high on my list, too. But Inglourious, we'll Inglourious Passage is, is certainly... Uh, it's a film that's hard to... It's hard to compare other films, too. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Um, and so it's just like, well, there's... Yeah, Avatar, you know, there's that. And then there's a... Oh, and then there's this crazy-ass thing over here. It's um, crazy-ass, but it's also a masterpiece. Oh, there's no, uh, and no question about it. And is a director who's had more than one masterpiece. Yeah. Which is, yeah. I think, astounding for. Uh, I mean, what more can you hope for yeah. if you, if you decide to enter a life as an artist to have more than one, yeah, product that can be called a masterpiece? That's yeah, uh, that uh, that's astounding. And yet he has won no Oscars for his movies. He won or, for screenplay, screenplay for Pulp, for Pulp Fiction. Fiction, and I but thought no he best was, picture Oscars. I I was wrong on both screenplay Oscars this year. I was sure that he was going to win because I felt like they weren't going to simply give bastards uh supporting actor they would want to give him something uh, tarantino something because yeah. that was his movie all the way all his movies are but that mm-hmm. one is like the essence of tarantino in every uh-huh. way and uh and so i thought and of course they wouldn't give him director so i thought they were going to give him screenplay what one screenplay now hurt locker, hurt locker and once hurt locker won that kind of got me thinking like 
this is there's going to be a big like swell of support for Hurt Locker. Yeah, like if they're giving it screenplay and a death of screenplay was up in the air. Uh, no, that's what we all thought it was going to be. It was Precious. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Jesus, I, I was so busy tweeting, I wasn't paying attention. Right, right. <laughs> but uh, and it really it's and that that one surprised everyone simply because, uh, you know the the political nature and by politics I don't mean like left or right. I mean the politics of the Oscars says uh-huh. like. Up in the Air is one of the films that would have been, you know, that it was up for director, but we're not going to give it that. And so we got to give it something. So you give it screenplay. Precious is already going to get supporting actress. You know what I mean? And so, yeah. like, there's there's a certain element where it's just like, all right, well, we got to we got to give something to everybody. So think, what did Up in the Air win? Did original song and that's it? Nothing. Up in the Air won nothing. Oh, yeah, because Crazy Heart won original song. Yeah. Was yeah. Up in the Air nominated for original song? No. No. You're thinking of a different film. <laughs> thinking of a different Ryan Bingham. Yeah. Oh, you're absolutely right. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. That's of. one of my favorite little factoids about about this year's Oscars <laughs> is that there are two Ryan Binghams nominated. <laughs> it is it. It's how does that happen? <laughs> yeah. It's very strange. Yeah. But, well, let's talk about let's be uh, let's be uh, entertainment tonight for a second and talk okay. about the just the actors in general now. Whenever they would cut to when they, they were doing that joke, where Al Baldwin and Steve Martin would not say anything about George Clooney. Yeah, was George Clooney playing along, or was he not in a good mood? I think he was playing along. I, can't, but I couldn't tell. He looked he looked kind of annoyed by something. He, he did, and it's just at first you think like, oh, he's playing along. He's really doing this dead face. Well, and then it's just, and then after a while, like. He's just got this face on, man. Uh-huh. Like something, something weird is happening. And then, you, then I start to think like this might be the best performance of his career because <laughs> I have never seen this kind of commitment. Because this is a four and a half hour commitment yeah. to this role he's playing. Uh-huh. Um, and so, uh, so yeah. But I could see it going either because way. Because even when Vera Farmiga was talking about him, he didn't seem to react. Yeah, almost at all. Maybe he wasn't feeling well or something. Yeah, he, but at the same time, if you saw him like before the Oscars, like in the pre-show stuff, like he seemed to be in a fine mood then. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like he ran along the fence, you know. The, yeah, and, yeah. You know, with all the ghetto uh, ghettoized people, I guess, because they're all just behind <laughs> there with their fingers sticking out, like some kind of horrifying. Harry Dean screaming, "Avenge me!" <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that was kind of strange. Um, and I guess that actually uh, leads to the next question. What did you think of uh, Steve Martin and Alec Baldwin as the hosts? I mean, clearly you would have preferred Neil Patrick Harris and uh, like eight songs. I would songs. prefer Neil Patrick Harris in almost any situation. Okay. He'd be a better boss, a better podcast co-host, he <laughs> a better girlfriend. He'd, be, he'd just be everything. <laughs> I wish everyone in my life were Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> you think you're... Pissed off by what I said, but Natalie listens to the podcast. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yes, <laughs> yeah, but I've known you longer. That's true. <laughs> um, I've been your podcast co-host longer than you've even known her. That's true. Yeah, yeah, Natalie, get in line. <laughs> as far <laughs> the the offended at David line. No, I um, wouldn't. I wouldn't replace either of you with Neil Patrick Harris. But oh, everyone thanks. else in my life, except for my mom or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I want to be Neil, Neil Patrick Harris. Just in general, that's a fun sentence. Like now, now I wouldn't, I wouldn't replace either of you with Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> Calm down, don't be so offended. Um, but uh, so, what do you think of uh, Steve Martin and Alec Baldwin? Um, 
they they were they were pretty good. I mean, yeah, they seemed kind of. I, I think their their age was showing in a way. Like mm-hmm. a lot of their jokes were kind of corny grandpa jokes. Yeah, you know, like. I, can't, I mean, one of them said something, and then the other one was like, "Spoiler alert!" Right, right. Like that was the joke. Yeah, <laughs> it, it it just it it was it was kind of corny, but the uh, the paranormal activity bit really worked. That was pretty solid. I really yeah. enjoyed that. <laughs> um, and and all, honestly, as as strange as it is to say, um, I felt like, and I don't say this lightly because I love Alec Baldwin, I felt like Steve Martin hosted circles around him tonight. Really. Like, I really think, like, he, because, I think because he's done it before. Yeah. And maybe because of the nature, the the, the nature of the the host relationship that they had established is that Steve Martin is the, is the witty one and Alec Baldwin, he's not the dumb one, but he's, he's kind of the butt of jokes often. Uh-huh. And, um, and so it really, uh, I don't know, but St- it, it, it has really led me to understand that, uh, Steve Martin, he can keep hosting. He's really good at it. Like he's really good at his smug, like "look how awesome I am" kind of thing, and uh, I really enjoyed it. And and yeah. Alec Baldwin did fine, but like Steve Martin, I've always liked him as a host. I liked his Queen Latifah introduction. Yeah, that, uh, <laughs> she starred in a movie with me, which I can honestly say is the highlight of her career. <laughs> Here to thank me is Queen Latifah. <laughs> that yeah. was very funny. Yeah, I like his commitment to that kind of thing. Yeah, but. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so um, so I thought they were fine, but just in general, like, uh, I think they were better than Hugh Jackman. Well, I think so too, and just because, as I as I said last year, he was kind of a non-entity at the show. He'd show up, sing a song, and then it's time for presenters, and yeah. that was it. And so it's it's nice to actually like have. No offense, to Hugh Jackman. He's quite a song and dance man, I guess. But like, uh, like real hosts. Yeah. Like in the you know in in like the old, not the old tradition. <laughs> The old, you know, two years ago tradition of having someone sit and stand and talk. Yeah. Um, but well, uh, I've been saying for like five years at this point that they should have Chris Rock back. Oh, yeah. He I was, thought he was great. He was great. Yeah. And, and John Stewart was really good. Yeah, I liked well. him. Yeah. I did not like Ellen that much. I think I liked her more than you did. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, she, yeah. I, I, I'd like to, I, I'd be, I'd be fine if they got her back. Okay. And I think, I think as the, uh, as the ceremony uh, has shown us, they could just throw the duties over to Robert Downey Jr. and it'd be no problem. And Tina Fey. And Tina Fey. Those like, two were great together. Yeah. And, and I, Robert, you, uh, you you gotta have balls to pull off those sunglasses. Yeah. And uh, luckily Robert Downey Jr. Ha- Jr. has them and he, he pulled it off. Well, He looked good. Well, let me ask you this. Do you think the sunglasses and the bow tie, do you think they were a function of the character he was playing? Because he was playing pompous actor. Yeah. So do you but think he also kind of is? I think there's a, it's it's a very blurry line for, with Robert Downey Jr. I guess so. Yeah, his him his uh, the commentary for Tropic Thunder with him uh-huh. in character, of course, as they mention on the on in the movie itself, uh-huh. he's in character as the uh, uh, the character's name I think is Osiris, but it's him, Ben Stiller, and Jack Black, and and so it's he's very funny. But the stuff he says in character, he still makes fun of Jack Black a lot. <laughs> and uh, and I remember one of my favorite jokes uh, from that commentary, and uh, is when because um, Jack Black was like really late and apparently like made everybody really late, uh-huh. and I guess they were kind of angry with that. And uh, and so about 
like 40 minutes into the commentary, uh, all three of them have been talking, but Jack Black hasn't said anything for a while. Uh-huh. And so then he chimes, he chimes in, and then Robert Downey Jr. in that, in the Osiris War, he goes, he goes, he goes oh man, are you talking? I thought you were still on the way. it made me chuckle uh, i think robert downey jr like he realizes that uh, in the 90s i did everything possible to fuck up my career and suddenly i have one yeah completely by happenstance so apparently nothing can touch me anymore so i'm just gonna do whatever the fuck i want yeah and people just view it as delightfully quirky and eccentric (laughs) yeah and good for him yeah yeah, uh, the more you you know, the more you see the more you see him in interviews, the more you realize how perfect casting it was to have him as an eccentric billionaire who was accountable <laughs> to no one. Yeah, um, but uh, but yeah. So as far as uh, I'm trying to think, if there's any, so I was reading a lot of tweets along as I as I was tweeting, uh-huh. and um, and so I was reading Ebert's as well, and frequently, constantly, he kept referring to it as like. A boring uh, broadcast, one of the worst that he'd ever seen, uh-huh. and uh, and I was and at first I was just like, "Jeez, man! Like, look, I understand your life has not turned out exactly the way you wanted, but you know, lighten up. It's fine. My friends are laughing at these hosts. It's it's fine. Uh-huh. Um, but now that I think about it, and as you and I talked about, there's nothing remarkably notable." Aside from uh, you know Catherine Bigelow winning Best Director, yeah, and even and how many great like how many great speeches were there? Um, I I liked Christoph Waltz a lot, yeah, which I liked him at the Golden Globes a lot too, even though a lot of people sort of like thought it was corny. Or I didn't see that one, but uh, but and I like this one too. It's uh, Oscar and Penelope Cruz. That's an Uber bingo. <laughs> that was very funny to me. Uh, yeah, and then I, you know. God help me! I loved Sandra Bullock's speech so much. It was the and, and that that was actually the moment that I noticed that this has been a less effective podcast because I'm a, guy, a podcast. What the fuck is wrong with me? Telecast. You're drunk. Yeah, that's what's I, wrong with that's you. Wrong with me? Because um, I'm a guy who, in an average Oscar telecast, wells up three or four times. Yeah, and uh, the only thing that emotionally got to me at all was Sandra Bullock's speech the entire evening. Uh, I don't think anything got me emotionally, except, and I don't know how you say his name, the uh, the guy who won Best uh, Original Score, Michael Giacchino. Giacchino. Um, yeah. I liked his. C. I loved his. Because he's the he one who good. talked about his parents and, yeah. like, sending a message out to, like, people who made, maybe didn't have it as well as he, uh, you know, as good as he did uh, as far as his parents and his community's attitude. And... Uh, and him just like sending some encouragement their way, like I really liked that. And uh, and his win was also a thing, not quite to the extent of Catherine Bigelow, where I was, but just where I was like, yes, this yeah. is the right person to get this award. Yeah, you know, because I uh, like I like I, I've I've been uh, I I haven't been all that complimentary towards Up. I had some mm-hmm. serious problems with it, but the yeah. score is not one of those problems. Yeah, it's... I love his work, and I love his... I mean, part of it is that I'm a Lost fan, and right. he's, he's, he did the Lost, he's done the Lost music for yeah. forever. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, I really liked that he won, and I liked his speech as well. There was a lot of really good uh, scores nominated, and uh, I... You didn't see Sherlock Holmes, right? No. Okay. The movie itself is, is good. It's fun. I enjoyed it. It's not groundbreaking. But that's there are certain composers that you always kind of think you know what you're getting. John Williams is one. I'd say uh, 
Hans Zimmer is another. Uh-huh. Um, and you always just kind of know what you what you're gonna get. And then and then like uh, for example with Catch Me If You Can, John Williams surprises you. Uh-huh. You're like, oh, I that doesn't seem like him at all. And um, and uh, Hans Zimmer did the Sherlock Holmes score, and it still sounds like Hans Zimmer, but it's just so it just so perfectly captures the tone of the film mm-hmm. bec- and the tone of the of that interpretation of Sherlock Holmes where he is methodical but still very playful uh-huh. and uh, and that music like it's been a while since I've actually purchased uh, a film score uh-huh. and I may buy that one because it's just so it's very yeah, he lively. has that ability to I bought the the ransom score yeah uh, because it's great you know I think the movie's just okay right probably more good than bad yeah, but I I find myself listening to that score a lot because it's it's yeah. it's so perfect for the film and so much fun and so suspenseful. And what did you think of the uh, the dances? I thought they were really lame. I have to admit, I don't. It's not the first time this kind of thing has been done, but it's the first time in which the dances didn't seem to have really anything to do with the music being no, played. They had more to do with one another. Like it, there was there was a consistency throughout the dances, mm-hmm. but yeah. It, 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 like there's like break dancing and like pop and locking and yeah this is the oscars this is supposed to be stuffy yeah and uh <laughs> and if i'm not mistaken you had a really really solid tweet in which uh because they were they did uh they like did the robot during the up score <laughs> uh-huh. nothing about that score is robotic <laughs> yeah um Whereas the Sherlock Holmes score kind of does have a robotic feel to it uh-huh. but no uh, no we can't be bothered with that yeah. we're going to do this we're going to reveal our robot, uh-huh. and uh, and I think you said uh, so. You think you can? What was it? Oh, cheapen the up score, or right? Something like right. That. Yeah. And uh, and so it's just uh, yeah, that's, yeah. That is you funny. and I both Good. made actually. We we both, we both made, made so you think you can dance jokes. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, it's I don't know. I I really you can probably find it online. But uh, uh, my wife and I get uh, we have a subscription to uh, L.A. Magazine, and. Um, there's a really great article about what many consider to be the worst Oscars in history, uh-huh. which is it's in '89 for '88, uh, and it's the one in which Rob Lowe and right, with, uh, Snow White. with Snow White and they're singing a, a terrible uh, adaptation of "Proud Mary," um, in which uh, I'll sing a little bit for you, in which they oh. go. Uh, I'm not going to really get into it, David. Okay. Calm down. No, I'm. I will neither evoke John Fogarty or Tina Turner. All right, I'm, I'm buckled but, in though. But they basically it goes, it goes rolling, rolling, keep the cameras rolling. And just like, ah. <laughs> and here's the thing, I all I did, I didn't hear it. All I did was read it, and I'm like, oh, uh-huh. that's terrible. That's the worst. <laughs> and uh, but nonetheless, I, I read that you know before before this evening, and uh, and it got me really thinking about like, how do they decide who to get. Uh, to produce the Oscars, and then because the producer of the Oscars really does make all the decisions, I, I, I've uh-huh. come to realize. And so, how did he, whoever did it, how did he or she? I'm sorry, I don't mean to be uh, sexist. Hey, if a woman can win Best Director, uh-huh. uh, that glass ceiling has been destroyed. Yeah. Um, and so, step aside, Hillary Clinton. <laughs> um, no idea what that means. No, I don't either. But I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> And so, um, but it just makes me wonder, I, I feel like there's maybe not a book, but there's a good article to be written about how a producer 
decides, okay, well, I want dancing for this, uh-huh. but I don't want it to be like in the nineteen the ceremony in nineteen ninety eight, in which they had interpretive dancers, but they were they were all very very closely related to the movie. Like they did the Men in Black score, and all the dancers were in black suits, sunglasses, and it really was choreographed to the music that was being uh-huh. played. And uh, so we want dancers, but we don't want that. We want, I mean, I, I heard a couple people ref, uh, refer to the Gap commercials. Uh, it's yeah, like, oh, let's, uh, yeah. let's do this. And it just, uh, it just didn't work for me, and, and it didn't really work for anybody else that I knew. It just uh, was a, a hindrance, I think. And, and the idea of, of nixing the best original song in favor of this, and, and it's like, well, if you're going to, if you have to choose between one, why would you choose this and not that? The only thing I can think of is that, you know, dancing is big, right? Yeah. So. Well, let's talk about, uh, there was something we both, you and I both liked last year, which mm. was having past winners present the acting awards. Yeah. This year they had people's friends, I yeah. guess. People uh, that worked with them, I guess. Introduce them. And I don't know how you felt about it, but I did not like it at all. I didn't I mean like and you didn't like you didn't really like last year that much uh but this makes last year look like the best move ever yeah because at least last year they were talking about that previous winners talking about this year's You're performance right. yeah. last year I thought it was yeah it was okay I, I just thought it was kind of uh it, it was just sort of pompous and self-congratulatory even for the Oscars right right even by their their standards yeah this was just ridiculous it was mm-hmm. just them talking about what good people they are yeah, and I don't care. I don't. I do not care about what a good person uh, Meryl Streep is. I don't, she's probably not. Yeah, she's been famous for so long. She's probably not a good person anymore. I'm sorry. That's just the way it probably works. I'd say that's yes, probably how it works. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, yeah. They'll throw in like a little, like the only one that really meant anything was Colin Farrell. Like that one I really. Gonna, I was going to sing that out as an exception. You that one kind of touched me, actually. Yeah, it was really nice. It seemed very genuine. Um, yeah, and I've come to realize that uh, even though I've heard he's a, a horrible jerk, so I guess he's not going to be nominated anytime soon. <laughs> um, you know, I've uh, I really like Colin Farrell. I like yeah. where his career has gone. I love him. I love him in in Bruges. I really liked him in Crazy Heart. Yeah, he was really good. And. Uh, I liked him in Crazy Heart and didn't expect to like him. I thought it's just like, oh, he's going to be doing like a southern accent. No, this isn't going to work at all. <laughs> and then it was fine. It yeah. was not not only fine, it was really good and really believable. But like, uh, but I really like Colin Farrell and I like that moment. And I, I want to see more of him at the Oscars. I want to see more performances by him. I just really, I've, I really like him. Yeah, I like Jeremy Renner too. Oh yeah. Way. But I like that. He, I like the way he because refer- when he brought up SWAT. I remember being like, nah, I saw SWAT. <laughs> that movie's terrible. And then he refers Hold to Hold on. It. I liked SWAT. What's your point? <laughs> I thought it was a good action movie. It's a, I'd say it's a fine action movie. Um, with, I think there was a lot of good ideas in there, like the idea of uh, the villain talking about, you know, yelling, one million, or whatever it is, <laughs> and uh, and basically just bringing people out of the woodwork, you know, and it's uh, I liked certain aspects of SWAT, but I thought the uh, the uh, execution was not great. But Josh Charles, come on, yeah. What? What? I'm a huge fan of Josh Charles. I don't even know who that is. Yes, you do. 
I'm sure I do, but uh, re- re- refresh my memory. Uh, he's the he's the guy from Sports Night who's not Peter Krause. Okay, all right. He was in okay. Dead Poet Society. He was on In Treatment. Okay, I don't remember him in SWAT. Okay, he's on The Good Wife now. Okay, which is from, a show that intrigues me. Have you seen any of it? You've yeah, got a TV it's show. It's really good. Actually, for more discussion about Josh Charles, listen to the newest episode of Previously On, which will be up. recorded. It should be up tonight or tomorrow, depending okay. on when. I don't know. Depending on, I mean, it's a. Sean does a lot of work, just like you do yeah. a lot of work for this podcast. Yeah, I, I don't hold anybody any deadlines because I don't do shit. I am little more than a personality. Very little more, yes. <laughs> yeah, and I'd I'd venture to say you're, you're barely that. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, no, and so uh, but I liked that. Uh, well, whether you whether you really like SWAT or not, uh, it's not a great film, and it certainly isn't striving for much. But and I like that uh, Colin Farrell. Uh, just uh, what did he call it? Like a dandelion action film? Yeah, is that what he said? Yeah, I think so. It basically, it's just a way of saying like, yeah, we all knew this didn't really matter, but I got to know him and really mm-hmm. enjoyed it. And so, uh, so yeah, I'm I-, I liked that moment, and I actually, um, I liked what Oprah Winfrey was given to say because uh-huh. it really does play up how amazing uh, Gabby. Sidibe's uh, story is Sidibe. I'm sorry, Sidibe. Um, her story is amazing, and just that she was literally just like a nobody, and now she's being spoken of in the same breath as someone like Meryl Streep that everyone uh-huh. knows. Yeah, that really is amazing, and it's and it's something that it happens from time to time where like a lesser known actor will be nominated, but there's a difference between like a Ryan Gosling and a uh, Gabby. Sidibe. Yeah. And Carrie Mulligan. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, both of them were really great. Both of them were great. Like, if I had to pick the Oscars, if I had to pick the winners, if it were up to me, when it came to Gabby Sidibe and and Carrie Mulligan, I'd have to to flip a coin. Yeah. They were both great. I I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to decide. Yeah. And I like, I I really, as I've said before, I really like Meryl Streep Uh in Julia and Julia, but like, it just, it was a really solid performance, but it just, it wasn't quite as exposed as the other two. Um, and that's just some of that's in the writing, but also it's it's not a flaw with Meryl Streep, but it's just the other two were required to do more, and they did it, uh-huh. I think. And so um, now, of course, uh, I have seen The Blind Side, or at least I saw it up until the last half hour when uh, suddenly the film started playing upside down and backwards. Did I tell you this? No, the last reel was threaded threaded wrong. I guess. Uh, yes, it would appear so, and uh, and so I went to see it with a uh, friend of the show, Jason Eakin, and uh, my wife, my wife. That's for you. Uh-huh. And um, hold on, now do you have do you have Wi Fi here in your apartment? Uh, I do. Okay, and how would you refer to it? Wireless. No, but I mean, if it's yours, it's your Wi Fi. It sure is. It's how, how would it's you say it? my Wi Fi? <laughs> yeah, okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> movie is four years old now it's four years old david oh my gosh and so um um but yeah so we were watching the blind side and then uh with probably about 20 25 minutes to go all of a sudden like oh good lord i I felt like i was watching like a a a david lynch film that's uh is going where everything's going according to plan um And just like, uh, because not only was the image upside down and backwards, but the lines were running backwards as well. And oh it was my. so much fun. <laughs> Everyone in the theater just started laughing, and then it became, and then they 
they came out and said, "Hey, uh, we can't fix the projector, so uh, we'll just give you your money back." And so you you've, you still didn't see the haven't seen the end of the movie. I have not seen the end of the film. As far as I know, they really it could really take a drastic drastic turn and be great. Uh, or but can it really? No, no, not at all. I'm being sarcastic. Um, no, I'm saying if can a movie be bad and then have a good ending and be a good film, or is it just a bad film with a good ending? Um. I think the I think the note that it ends on can redeem okay. the rest of the film. Without I mean I don't think it would I don't think it'll ever be elevated from you know uh from bad to great. Yeah. But like maybe bad to serviceable or just good. Uh-huh. Um but uh but yeah, I don't I, somehow I don't think that happened with the blind side. Uh what I saw of it uh angered me. I I really <laughs> dislike the blind side. And uh, and I, I everything that I expected it to be, it absolutely was, and uh, and it bums me out because as we've mentioned, we like John Lee. That's Hancock. what I was gonna say. It is a shame, yeah, because uh, both the rookie and the Alamo are, are really good. Yeah, the Alamo in particular is is great. Yeah, but I feel like we say that once a week, so let's move on. Yeah, but well, uh, what, what but else? The blind side is is really quite terrible. Okay. So. Was there anything else big tonight that you wanted to comment on? Uh, not not particularly, yeah. but I was gonna tell you a story, David. Okay, Go one ahead. that I think you'll enjoy. It's okay. about my spouse. Okay. Um, and I've, I've asked her permission to tell this story. Now, uh-huh. I could tell it next week. Now, hold on. Okay. Who is this story about? Oh, good God. Um, <laughs> it's about Jennifer Smith. Okay. We got married. Okay. And now we are together. You are wed. We are wed. Okay, yes. I just wanted to be clear. Yes. Um, so this story, okay, there's a little bit of backstory required. Um, so uh, Jen has not seen Inglorious Bastards. Oh, okay. She has seen the first 15 minutes of it about four times. And then the projector fucked up? <laughs> no, no, it's just uh, like uh, her brother got it for Christmas, and uh, they were watching it in the other room, uh, and it was not exactly the perfect circumstances for a screening. Uh-huh. Um, because nobody there really liked the idea that the first few minutes were in another language, and so, um, oh. so she. I'm sorry, I shouldn't judge. No, it's all right. I did, but I guess I know them, so it's fine. Um, I've judged them about so many other things already, <laughs> but um, but anyway, so uh, so there was that, and so she she sat in and watched like the first fifteen minutes, and then decided I, I got other things to do, so she just went elsewhere, and we played uh, Carcassonne, I believe. And so, um, and then I bought it and I was, wa- and I started it and she was working, but then she had to leave and, uh, go, uh, to like a client meeting or something. And so she left after the first 15 minutes. So she, she, uh, f- she's all, she's always seen like right up to the end of Brad Pitt's inspirational speech to his soldiers. Okay. All right. And so, so I was talking to her the other day and I said, honey, you got to see, Inglorious Bastards. I think you would like it. She goes, all right, but can we skip the first 15 minutes? And I'm like, no, you got to watch the whole thing. She goes, I guess. I've heard that Brad Pitt thing so many times. I get it. And then she goes into her impression of Brad Pitt <laughs> in which, and I'm, I'm almost verbatim on this. Uh-huh. Um, we will kill the Nazis. We will shoot them. And we will treat them poorly. <laughs> right? Now, okay, so... I started laughing, and she goes, what? I'm like, treat them poorly? 
And then, of course, I got to be, I got to have fun and just say, like, we will, we will give, uh, order them a, a plate of French fries and we'll not give them any ketchup. We will ring their doorbell and then run away. And just, uh, it's just, so it has become an ongoing joke in my little group of friends that every time Inglorious Bastards comes along, one of us will say, we will treat them poorly. And it's, it's especially, it's even funnier if she, if you've seen the film, which she had not. If only she knew the extent to which Brad Pitt treats these Nazis poorly. And so, uh, so it's just, it's a, it's a story that I find, I don't get to tell a lot of cute stories about my wife that she's okay with me telling. But, uh, but yeah, so she, she. We will uh, make them feel bad about their outfits. <laughs> We will invite them to a party and then ignore them. I'm too drunk to riff. All right, absolutely. So, um, all right, now real quick. Uh, so that's our Oscar episode, um, and I feel like it's. I, I feel like it's indicative of this year's ceremony that I feel like I kind of had to dig for things to say. Yeah, there w- it wasn't a great ceremony, yeah. but uh, I had a lot of fun watching it. Yeah, yeah. Because because of Twitter and wine and yeah. the awesome three bean chili that Natalie made. Yeah, and of course the fact of Natalie. Indeed, uh, the fact of Natalie. Yeah, which is the <laughs> spinoff of the facts of life. <laughs> yeah, there was uh, a character named Natalie. That's why that's funny, David. Yeah, I know. I know. Th- I okay. knew that. Okay, all right. I knew that thing about the facts of life. <laughs> Um, no, I had a lot of fun watching it, but yeah, there's not a lot to talk about. Yeah. Luckily, you and I have been doing this for three years, and so we're we're good at it now. Not quite, David. Next week. Next week, three years. Um, but uh, now, as far as the live show, we've been getting uh, a lot of emails, uh, people wondering if we are going to put up the live show anytime soon. We are. We had some audio issues that we need to deal with. Um, it, it should be up this week, probably, say, Wednesday. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, we recorded the whole thing. It's going to be available. Um, there are some, some visual jokes in there. Um, yeah. just, uh, make do, you yeah. know, um, but it was a lot of fun and, uh, and we're probably going to do another one in a few months, uh, three months, maybe two months now, I guess at this point. Yeah. We're, um, we're hoping to. Yeah. So we're shooting for May, but we'll see how but, it know, goes. Last time we announced one, it took us a year and a half to get it together. So, yeah, but I think, <laughs> I think it'll go uh, much, much more smoothly this time. So, yeah. um, so yeah, uh, so just be on the lookout for that and just you know if you if you've been uh, uh wanting to hear it just know that uh, it'll it'll by the end of of this coming week it will be up at least yeah so um all right uh let's see is there any are there any other announcements no other than uh you can find us at battleshipretention.com we're mm-hmm. on iTunes you search battleship retention uh you can follow me on Twitter for the show at the pretension you can follow Tyler on Twitter at more lessons which mm-hmm. is the Twitter feed for his other podcast more than one lesson right which is at more than one lesson.com my other podcast is previously on it's a TV podcast uh, which you can find on iTunes or previously on dot uh or uh, on Twitter at previously on show with no W um you can email us david at battleshipretention.com or tyler at battleshipretention.com and as always you can donate to us on the website which helps a lot you can also subscribe to donate it's two dollars a month for a year uh comes right out of your bank account that you or or credit card whatever you sign up for you you don't feel a thing you don't even feel it yeah you don't even feel it yeah so um yeah and then uh, head on over to itunes and write us a nice uh, subscribe and then write us a nice message yeah Uh, that's always nice and so. uh, yeah, check out these these new these new forums we have. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And I will say, just in general, um, 
for those who have listened to David's other podcast previously on, uh, don't be rude. Uh, there's no need to bash Sean for not being me. Like oh, there, there's someone a, did say that there's they a like note, you, note on iTunes, yeah. and it's like this new guy's not working for me. Uh, yeah, and I'm sure if you listened to me, if it had happened the other way, if yeah. I had been doing a show with Sean, exactly, would have said uh, yeah. this guy's not this new guy's not Sean or whatever. Yeah, yeah it's these are it's a, it's a different it's a different show. It's still yeah. me, but it's it's a different show. Don't, yeah, yeah. You're our fans, and we like to think the best of you. All mm-hmm. right. So that's the deal. But go and listen to it. it's a lot. Of, it's it's a lot of fun, and it's uh, very in depth about television, which is good. Yeah. So, all right. So thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll get you next time. Bye. Bye.